Good evening, and happy Lord's Day. Just kind of put us in perspective where we are in the lectionary. I think it's always good to kind of remind ourselves what's going on. Um, remember that for ordinary time, we, we read through each of the Gospels kind of from start to finish. Uh, and we only have a month left of ordinary time. And so what that means is we're really getting towards the end of Matthew's Gospel. Uh, so we're getting closer to the crucifixion and the passion. Um, and so what's happening in, in the last few Sundays is we're seeing Jesus and the Pharisees kind of button heads a bit, all right? Uh, and they're getting really desperate to try to find some kind of way to accuse him, to, uh, to arrest him, and then have him killed. Because they don't believe he's the Messiah. They really don't like Jesus. Uh, and so they come up with, they think they have a very clever trick this time. All right? and, and, and it says in the reading, like they're trying to entrap Jesus in speech. All right? They're trying to get a yes or no answer out of Jesus. Is it lawful to pay the tax or is it not? And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, if it is lawful to pay the tax then Jesus is a Roman sympathizer, that he's someone who's, who's colluding with the Romans, who the Jews see as, as, as uh, Gentile and pagan overlords who have no right to be in the land whatsoever. Or if Jesus says no, it is, it is not right to pay the tax, then the Romans can accuse him of sedition, of rebellion. All right, so they're trying to trap Jesus, all right? And this is the thing. Any time they try to trap Jesus, and we see this every single time, the trap always springs right back in their face because they, they don't realize that Jesus is God, and so he's going to have the right answer every single time. Not that Jesus is trying to skirt the answer, but he knows the trap. All right? So the thing is, like, never, never try to put a trap on Jesus. Just don't even try. It's not worth it. All right? But before we kind of get into Jesus' answer, because it's really important, um, we have to kind of go back to the first reading. And this first reading is really, really important. Uh, and that's where we get the concept that really applies to the gospel reading. So what we have to remember is this. And this first reading that might not sound like it's connected at all to the gospel, but I promise it is. It's by this. We have to remember that in ancient times, kings were regarded as gods. All right? Kings were regarded as gods. Uh, and so who's this guy Cyrus? We hear this guy Cyrus in the readings. We have to remember that Isaiah is writing and he's prophesying kind of right before the Babylonian exile. Okay, Israel goes into exile in Babylon. Uh, and what happens in Babylon? Um, there's several kings in succession while Israel's there, while they're in uh, Babylon. You have Nebuchadnezzar who conquers them, brings them into the land. After Nebuchadnezzar, you have Belshazzar. Uh, Belshazzar is then deposed by Darius. The, the Darius is a Mede. Um, and so the Medes were a serf kingdom to the Persians. The Persians are the big empire. So Darius is the one who oversees Babylon for a certain amount of time. And then after Darius dies, then Cyrus himself, the king of the Persian and Mede empire, comes in and rules Babylon. All right, now the Persian empire was the biggest empire in the area at that time. And so Cyrus is considered as a god. All right? And so think of what happens here with this reading, that God is saying to Isaiah, I'm the one who laid peoples before you that you could conquer them. I'm the one who allowed you to, to basically conquer the entire Mediterranean region. And he says this, there is no God but me. I am the Lord and there is no other. So imagine if you're a king who regards yourself as a God and you have someone from this Israelite people who comes and says, I am the only God, and there is none but me. That's humbling. And guess what? Cyrus listens. Cyrus is a Gentile. He's a pagan. He actually listens to what God is saying through Isaiah. Because what he realizes is that he didn't know who this God was. Cyrus has no idea who the God of Israel is. He has his own gods, or he thinks he is a God. But he doesn't know who the God of Israel is. 
But he realizes that because this god, this prophet, actually knew ahead of time that Cyrus was going to be the one to conquer Babylon, he realizes that he has a part in this. And so he actually accepts what God says. And what God tells him to do is to let Israel go and to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple. So Cyrus doesn't just let them go. Cyrus actually lets Israel go back and gives them the resources, gives them the money to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Right? But the, the point of this whole first reading is this is that God, through Isaiah, is trying to tell Cyrus, I am the one God, nobody else, all right? So, but remember the concept that the ancient kings, they deified themselves. So let's go back to this gospel reading, all right? What's going on here? Jesus asked them to take out the coin that pays the tax, all right? It's called a denarius. Uh, and on this coin, and we still have pictures, we have some who, that have survived beautifully through the centuries, um, that has, on one side, has the image of, of, of the emperor. It has the image of Tiberius Caesar. And there's an inscription on it. So that's why Jesus is asking whose image and inscription is on this coin. All right? And the inscription is really important. It says, in the translation is this, Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Augustus. All right, think about that. Son of the divine Augustus. So what it's saying is that Augustus Caesar thought of himself as a god. And when we look at the lives of the emperors, the first Caesars, Julius Caesar and Augustus Caesar were both deified. They were both considered as gods. Think of the calendar that we have now, right? Why is, why is October the 10th month and not the 8th month? Think of an octagon. It should be the 8th month. Why is September not the 7th month as opposed to it's, it's now the 9th month? Because sept, you think of a septagon, is seven sides. 11, November, December would be 10. So like, you see how like, the calendar seems off? Look where July and August are. July is named after Julius Caesar. August is named after Augustus Caesar because in the Roman calendar, they were deified. All right, so think of this. So look at the inscription again. Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Augustus. What it's saying is that Tiberius is the son of God. Y'all see how he's, he's making this connection here that Jesus is, is pointing out to them that Tiberius is putting himself off as the son of God or at least the son of a God. And so it's really important to look at the word Jesus uses. He uses this word whose image is on it. The Greek word for that is icon. It's where we get the English word icon. It means image. Now that word is used in another place in the Bible. It's very, very important. It's in Genesis, where it says that Adam and Eve were made in the image and the likeness, the icon of God. An icon, as we know them, is an image or a likeness of something. I like the word likeness as opposed to image because likeness says that there's some kind of similarity there, but not the same. It's not quite the same. It's not like looking at a photograph. If you look at Greek iconography, whereas we don't have that a lot in the, the Roman West, in the Greek churches they have icons. It's these beautiful paintings, and they're usually in a square shape, lots of gold in them. But the saints always, they, they kind of look interesting. It's, it's, it's not very realistic whatsoever. They usually have a long nose, and there's some kind of theological reason for why they have a long nose. Um, but the whole point is that there's a similarity there. And so Jesus is trying to say, if you're looking at this coin to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, yes, it is right to pay the tax. He is saying it is okay to pay the tax. But more importantly, what he's trying to tell them is, give to God what belongs to God. And so the, that title, Son of God, the title of God at all, belongs to God himself, the God of Israel. It doesn't belong to Cyrus. It doesn't belong to Julius. It doesn't belong to Augustus. And it sure doesn't belong to Tiberius. And so that's what he's trying to tell them. He's saying, give to Caesar. Yes, give him the tax. But what's so important to remember is that you can't give Caesar your life because Caesar is not God. 
What he's telling them is you have to give God your life. So think about that. What's the application of this? You know, if we bear the image of Christ, think of that. We are the coins. What Jesus is trying to point out to us is because we're made in the image and likeness of God, we are the coins. We bear the likeness of God. And so what he's trying to say is, like, what things are you giving to the world? Are you giving to empires, kings, political parties, whatever it is of the world now, that you should be giving to God? Because we're made in his image. That's the whole point here. That's what Jesus is trying to challenge us on. And what's really cool, too, is, is we kind of wrap this responsorial psalm into this as well. There's a line that says, the gods of the peoples are idols. Now, that word idol has a really important Greek word as well. The Greek word for idol is daimonia. Daimonia. It's where we get the word demon. All right? Now, what's really important about that word is you look at the idols that Israel encounters throughout the Old Testament. The people that, uh, that are the, the empires that conquer Israel are idolaters. They're worshiping idols. They're worshiping graven images. Um, think of like the Assyrian Empire that they worship the, what's called the Baal. The Baal was one of their idols. It was a god. But what's really interesting is that if you plug in that word for idol as demon, there were supernatural entities attached to these idols. But they were demons. They were not God. They seemed to come off as God because in many ways, a lot of the prophets, a lot of the priests of these cultic religions could perform miracles supernaturally. But it was because they had made covenants and they had made pacts and cults with demons. And so the whole point is, what has become idols in our life? What are the things that we have maybe made covenants, made relationships with that, yeah, we think we're getting something good out of it, but in the end it's not God and it's not going to satisfy and really the point is this, and I think I've said this in a few homilies already too. As human beings, we were created for worship. We're created for worship. And if we don't worship God, we will worship someone or something else. All right? Think of the ancient peoples. They always worshiped something. They didn't have to. Like, did it make sense to them as to, you know, why are we going to make something, you know, even if we don't know if it's revealed itself to us, make something greater than ourselves and, and like, sacrifice each other for it? Think like human sacrifice, like the Aztecs, you know. But we are created for worship. And so the idea is that if we don't worship God, we will worship these idols. We will worship these demons in a way and make pacts with them. And that's the thing. It requires trust. If we're going to give our lives to God, if we're, going to, if we're, the, if we're like a coin, if we're going to give what belongs to God, give him that image back that he gave us, we have to clear out the idols. We have to clear out the identities uh, that we maybe latch onto that hold us back from being fundamentally sons and daughters made in the image and likeness of God. It's kind of going back to Genesis. You know, and that's what's so really cool about these readings today is that we get these words. We get, we get uh, icon. We get demons. And it kind of goes back to the very beginning because where did things get screwed up in the garden? When Adam and Eve forgot they were made in the icon, in the image of God, and started chasing after Satan, started chasing after the devil himself. That's what we have to be careful of today. And so especially as we're getting into election season, to remember to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, yes. To give to, to the government, give to the state what, what is due, what is just. But at the same time, we have to remember who we belong to, who, whose image, just as it says in the coin, whose image and likeness and inscription is in us, that we're made in the image and likeness of God, and written on our hearts are the words, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter with whom I am well pleased.